0: Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Hallelujah. As um, I was standing over there, uh, you get into uh, an, a, an atmosphere of praise and worship, and you could just take off with ministering healing and things. And so I always check my heart God, how do you want me to do it? Because I'm not married to any sermon. I'm married to your plan for the service. And I said, do you want me to just step in to start ministering to people? He said, no, I need you to say some things. Because, you know, things have to be said. Not just for people that are in the room or people who are watching, but things have to be spoken into the era. I... uh, I remember listening to somebody who, there was a well-known evangelist. Most of you would know who this person is. And they went to a region of the United States. They always had outstanding uh, demonstrations of healings and things that went on in their crusades. And this one, this one area of the United States, they went to hold a crusade. And so many of the staff that were there working after the crusade was over, they said, you know, it was interesting because we didn't see the, the, the number of miracles that we usually see in these crusades. And this minister said, the reason is, is because there's not a healing voice in this region. Because a healing voice that says some things before the man of God gets there, prepares some things. And he said it's due to a lack of healing voices in this region. And so God no doubt sent him there to be a part of that region having something spoken into it. And uh, Matthew 8, 17, anybody know what that verse says? That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. And we should know that verse well, we should declare it over our own lives, our own bodies. But one day God stopped me on that verse and he said, I don't just want you to focus on the second half of the verse, I want you to notice the first half, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah. Isaiah was a man, I said he was a man. And when the man spoke some things, God fulfilled some things. And yes, it specifies that he spoke about Jesus, the price he would pay to be our healer. But we see a spiritual law that when things are spoken, it gives God something to fulfill. The unspoken goes unfulfilled, but the spoken is all that he can fulfill. He needs our mouths involved. Why? Because faith invites him. And it's words of faith that open the door for the power of God. The divine order of miracles is something is said, then that is performed. People want a performance without anything being said. But God hastens to his word. He hastens to his word word to perform it. So the performance can only come where the word is being spoken. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So God wanted me to say some things, not just specifically about healing tonight, but about the era tonight because some things have to be spoken so God can fulfill some things. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Um, we, ha- we have to recognize that through every revival, God has emphasized a truth. Um, and certainly we, we wouldn't take time to go through all of them, but if we went, went back to Martin Luther, what do we find? Martin, the just shall live by faith is what God said. They had lost the reality of how to even receive salvation. It's not by works, As a, as a, as a, as a monk, I mean, he had to learn this is not by works. It's by faith. And that was the emphasis. Mm -hmm. So what was emphasized needs to be held to and not lost. And then, of course, if we go on to John Wesley, one of the main things he taught was without holiness, no man will see the Lord. Because society had fallen into such a degraded state. No one, very few were being educated. Society was living a deplorable level of humanity. He spoke of that even young toddlers were being given alcohol just to keep them docile so that the parent didn't have to tend to them. Just a deplorable state of society. And he brought up without holiness, it matters how you live. It matters how you live. I said, it matters how you live. It, it matters. Amen. Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. He wants us to live that healed life, but it's connected to the other arenas of our life. Amen. First Peter two twenty four. Start me off. First Peter two twenty four. 24. His own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin. Look at this should live, he's gonna tell us how to live, unto righteousness, live right, live right. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. Now notice what was stated by whose stripes ye were healed, what was stated before it. Should live unto righteousness, should live right. So we see there's a divine order
1: yeah. Good.
0: that for the blessings of God to yeah. be unhindered, bring your life in line with the word. Yes. And this is one of the things that John Wesley brought out without holiness. Yeah. No man will see the Lord. You're not earning it, but it positions you yes. for the blessings of God to flow unhindered yes. in your life. So that was an emphasis with John Wesley. Then of course we had the Azusa street revival. What was it? To bring back into the forefront that there's a life of power for us. There's a life of power. And uh, that man was to be filled with that power and as evidence that he's filled, he'll speak in other tongues. That went all around the world. It went all around the world from a little place. He he was talking about the services where Dad Seymour would sit with a box over his head to shut out distractions and to pray. And focus on God. And uh, we were with a, a leading man of God in the body of Christ. And he said to me one day, he said, Nancy, what people don't realize that Azusa Street Revival, the impact of it went all over the world, changed every nation. But there was never more than 75 people in the room at a time. It's not about numbers. Amen. We think, well, if I had a bigger church, I could do more. That's not what the Azusa Street Revival accomplished. It was about what place do you occupy in the spirit? In our church, I've never been about trying to fill up seats, trying to fill up seats. It's not my goal. It's not my job to grow the church. It's my job. It's my job to occupy a place in the spirit and teach other people how to occupy a place. And the, and every, the, the plan of God will be fulfilled from that place. Amen. Amen. People will be drawn. Amen. Then, of course, the healing revival brought healing to the forefront. Then the charismatic revival brought that power into the denominational established churches. Because God wasn't looking to leave people out. No matter how much you think they shouldn't be in. God's not looking to leave anybody out. And then we have the word of faith era. Where the, the teaching of the word. Why? to to bring soundness, to anchor on the word. Why? Because without a, fa- a clear, uh, sound foundation of the word, uh, how high you can go, how far you can go is, is hindered. Mm-hmm. To put a love of the word back in people. Right. And, uh, the word, the Bible calls it the word of faith. Yeah. Right. Amen. And this last day revival that we're in, It's the emphasis is the word and the spirit moving together. Now, if you don't know what the emphasis is, you'll miss it because you could emphasize the wrong thing and not be in the, in the, in the height or the fullness of what God wants to do. Amen. Amen. Smith Wigglesworth, uh, prophesied. When Dr. Lester Sumrall was a young man and was in his home telling him goodbye for the last time. Dr. Sumrall had lived in England for a couple of years and had the rare privilege of ongoing fellowship with Smith Wigglesworth. He was invited to his home over and over again. And at the, at the uh, beginning of World War II, they told Dr. Sumrall, the government said, you must leave the country. So he went to tell Smith Wigglesworth goodbye and Smith Wigglesworth, one of the things he did was he prayed over him, but he began to prophesy because as he was praying, he had a vision. And he said this, he said, I see it. I see revival coming to planet Earth as never before. He said, I see. He talked about that the uh healing revival. He saw it in the spirit and called it that he called it he called out the charismatic revival in that vision. He called out the word of faith revival, whether he use that terminology or not, but he said it's the, the teaching of the word. People will be so hungry for the teaching of the word and then he said, But I see the last revival. And he said, it will be untold numbers and uncounted multitudes that will be saved. Nobody will be able to count those that come to Jesus. What is it? The father's harvest belongs to him. I said, the father's harvest belongs to him. And then Dr. Uh, Smith Wigglesworth said, I see it. The dead being raised, the arthritic being healed, cancer being healed. And he went on and listed other mighty things that he was seeing in this vision. And then he went on and he said, no disease will be able to stand before God's people. It will be a worldwide situation, not just a local situation. It would be a worldwide thrust of God's power and anointing upon mankind. Well, see, that's the day we live in. We have to reach for that and not settle for anything, less. stir ourselves up toward that. I said, stir ourselves up cause you're part of it. Be part of it. Don't be on the sidelines just watching and just saying, I, you know, I hear this stuff. Take your place in it. Be the one that when the word says lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's your assignment. That's every believer's assignment. Don't just sit back and wait for God to do something. Be a part of what he's doing. Amen. There have been many, Dad Hagen, my husband, and other prophets of God that are genuine prophets that prophesied about this last day era of what it would contain. And one thing that was spoken is that this last day era would contain all previous revivals wrapped up into one. That power, that degree And then it said all five-fold offices will be operating at their full potential power. We were in a service one time with Dad Hagen, and on on several occasions we heard him mention in that prophet's office that he stood in, he would tell us the percentage of that office that was operating in a particular service. The highest I ever heard him reference was 70%. And he said tonight we got into 70% of the potential of that prophet's office. And people would say that, well, why didn't he get into it further? Then he answered it and he said, that's all we could get into because that's as far as you'd go with me. So it matters yeah, yeah. Yeah. how we hook in. Yes, yes. Amen. I love something, Pastor Laketic, who we just did our, our Fredonia Miracle Crusade in his church in Fredonia, New York. And he makes a statement to his congregation. He said, there's three parts to every service, God's part, the preacher's part and the congregation's part. And no one can ever do the part of the other. You have a part. I said, you have a part in the service tonight and every service that you are a part of. You have a part. And that is a hunger, a reaching out on the inside of you, being interested, being wholehearted. Amen. Being a good student, taking in so that you can know how to give out. Amen. And uh, then the other thing that has been prophesied about this era, that it would be all nine gifts or manifestations of the Spirit operating at full potential power. That being the case, we believe that. We have to build that in us. You don't want to know why? Because we haven't seen it. So we have to build that in us and expect that. In my church, my pastor operating at full potential power, that means I bring my part to that. In our church, all the gifts that God wants to manifest by the Spirit operating at full potential power. Amen. When people would ask Dad Hagen, different ones would say, what is God doing in this hour? What is he doing in this era? And dad Hagin would say this, God is building strong local churches that flow with the word and the spirit. God is building strong local churches that flow with the word and the spirit. Too many times we just think that great power is relegated to great sizes of congregations or to great settings of arenas. Dad Hagan would say, he said, uh, I'll get more results with miracles and healings in a smaller setting than in a big yep. arena or convention center. Because he said, you've got so many systems of belief going on in that big arena, it hinders the power of God. But he said a pastor, he can get into a place with miracles and the signs and wonders. He said that you can't get into in an, an arena. Yeah. He said, because he can teach them all to where they're, they're in unity in what they're believing for yes. and what they're reaching for. And he said, that's the place to see great outpourings. Amen. So pastors, don't just think, well, I just have a, a hundred people or 200 people and dismiss yourself from a full flow. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Because in the local church, that's what God's doing, building strong local yeah. churches that flow with the word and the spirit. That means you're part of it. Be part of it. Amen. So, I wanted to say uh, tonight and go along with what are we to emphasize? Well, we're going to have to have the mindset to flow with the Word and the Spirit. I want you to see that number one, in emphasizing for this era, emphasizing still the Word of faith. We're still emphasizing. The word of faith. Why? Because we're not dismissing and setting aside the revelation that God's brought us into. We're holding fast to it Amen. and going further Amen. into what he has for us because of that word of faith. Yes. Amen. 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 Uh, and I, just for time's sake, I'll just quote it to you. But Romans chapter 10 and verse eight, we know what it says. The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach. You can't, I I, I love what some, what one preacher said to dad Hagan, he had pastored for over 20 years and he had asked brother Hagan to come hold meetings in his church. And so dad Hagan of course got there and he preached on faith because that was his assignment. And after this series of meetings, the pastor said to dad, he said, you know something, I'm so glad that you came and taught on faith. He says, I pastored here for 20 years and I've never, ever taught on faith. And you know what Dad Hagen said to him? He said, you never preached the word then yet. Yeah. Why? Because the word of faith which we preach. Yes. Come on. Yes. Yes. You might be teaching, preaching something, yeah. but you haven't even preached yeah. the fullness of what God's talking about. It's the word of faith which we preach. It has to continue to be an emphasis in this era. Yes. Amen. Amen. Why is it that the word of faith it's not just a faith message, it's the word of faith. Yes. You understand this, it's not just a faith sermon, it's the word of faith. The word is a faith yes. message. Yes. You can't sit under the preaching of the word and come out with less faith. Right. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If people aren't growing in their faith, the word's not being preached. That's right. come on. A doctor may be being preached, yeah.
2: That's
0: good. but not the word. Yeah. Yeah. Luke 18, turn with me, Luke 18, verse 7. I won't read the whole passage for time's sake, but I'm going to read out of the Amplified Classic translation. Luke chapter 18, verse 7. Luke 18 verse seven reads, and this is Jesus speaking and he says, and will not our just God defend and protect and avenge his elect, his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he defer them and delay help on their behalf? I tell you, he will defend and protect and avenge them speedily. However, when the Son of Man comes, will He find persistence in faith on the earth? This tells us when Jesus comes back, what's He looking for? Faith, faith. not just any old faith—a faith that doesn't give up, yeah, yeah. a faith that holds on and doesn't back up for anything. Yeah. I so appreciate what Pastor Hataball said. I think it might have been the Sunday after after Stephanie's uh, homegoing. And one of the things that he said, and I, I'm just summarizing it. I don't want to misquote you. But he said, if you get into the why, how come, and you get into the arena of questions. Well, let me say this. You're in the mental arena. Yeah. Yeah. Questions are of the mental arena. In the spirit arena, in God's arena, the arena of wisdom, right. the arena of faith. There's no questions. Yeah. There's only answers. Yeah. 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 So if we start asking questions, we step out of the faith Come arena yeah. into the mental arena yes. and that's where you're going to get your yes. brains beat that's out
1: right. yes. that's right.
0: yes. because the devil attacks you in that mental arena. He seeks to draw you in the mental arena yes. Yes. so he can launch an assault against your mind so that you're drawn away from your spirit where your faith resides. Yes. He wants, there's no faith in your mind. That's why he assaults the mind to try to draw you up into that mental arena to keep you out of the faith flow. The faith is in your spirit. Your mind is to be renewed so that it agrees with the faith in your spirit instead of arguing against the faith in your spirit. The renewed mind is to come into agreement. So I love that Pastor Dennis, he made this statement. He said, when you start asking why, why didn't God do this? Why didn't God do that? Why didn't he warn? Why didn't he, why didn't he intervene? Why didn't he? He said, the, 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 the damage of getting into those questions is it's gonna lead you to question the character of God. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You'll start accusing him yeah. of not being what you thought That's he awesome. should be to you. Right. Yeah. God is faithful. Okay. Yeah. God is faithful and we cannot get into the arena of if God doesn't do it, you're gonna call him on the carpet about it because you'll end up questioning the character of God and your faith will be injured. When Jesus said, When I come when the Son of Man comes back, will he find faith? Not just any old faith. I like how the amplified says persistence in faith. A faith that won't quit. A faith that holds on and says, I'm not letting go just because I don't understand what happened to someone else. Come on, that's right. That's exactly right. God if God hadn't hasn't told you about someone else's situation, you want to know why? It's not your business. Well, I want to know why, because you want to base your faith on their circumstance. Our faith is anchored on the word and no matter what happens on the circumstance, faith comes from the word. And I don't believe God because something happened or didn't happen to someone else. I believe, the, I believe what God says because he said it. The devil would love to get you enticed with what's going on in the lives of people around you, you start questioning why something happened to someone else and it'll weaken your faith. What's it say about Abraham? He considered not his own body. Next phrase. Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He didn't consider his body. He didn't consider someone else's even though she lived in his house with him. Well, I don't know why that family member died. Don't you get in the mental arena over that. Because you'll get in the arena of questions, and the devil will rob your faith from you. And then you'll end up accusing God of failing you. Come on. Come on. Amen. When the Son of Man comes, it shows us what He's looking for when He comes. Will I find persistence in faith on the earth? That has to be an emphasis with us. We're faith people. We're faith people and we're we're declaring He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. I don't know when. I don't have to know when, but he's a coming. And I'm going to have my faith ready that when he sees me, he's going to see persistence in faith. He's not going to say, where'd your faith go? What'd you do with your faith? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not only does he want to find persistence in faith, that means we're skillful in faith. We're full of faith. We're not just barely eking out the last drop of it in the face of a circumstance. We're full of faith. This must be an emphasis. No wonder this was the thrust of the word of faith message before the era that we're in. Because it's gonna have to take faith to move with what God's gonna do, what God is gonna do and is doing now. It takes faith to step into miracles, it takes faith to speak to your body, it takes faith to receive miracles in your finances. Amen. Word people are faith people. Praise the Lord. We move with God and we receive from God based on faith. We also receive of the gifts of the spirit by faith. Morgan was reading different ones, uh, testimonies that when I would say something through the word of knowledge, which is a gift of the spirit, I would say something, I'd say, get up out of that bed. They had to do that by faith. And when they did that by faith, the gift of the spirit, the Holy Ghost was able to perform those words for them. So you can't even receive a gift of the spirit as you ought. Amen. I'm talking about believers with faith. Praise the Lord. Not only that, God wants to manifest these things through believers. Ministers will never flow into the full measure of the gifts of the spirit without faith. And this is why you say, why don't we see more operation of the gifts of the spirit in churches? It's a faith issue. It's not a power issue. It's a faith yeah, issue. Good, mm-hmm. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah, really then spirit people, we're spirit people. Yes. It takes faith to hear what the spirit is directing you to do and step out on that. Yes. Because yes. he will only give you the next step yeah. because that's all you need.
3: Yeah. That's all you need. Yeah. Right. That's good.
0: So we can't even obey what God tells us to do without faith. I don't care even if we do hear it. It takes faith to, to obey what you hear. Yes. Just because you heard is no sign that it'll be fulfilled. Right. Amen. Praise, the Praise the Lord. We have to, as I said, emphasize that we're spirit people. Because uh, even preachers, we, we preach by faith. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We preach by the Spirit of God. One of the reasons pastoring was such a ease for me and a delight was that I did it by the spirit. It didn't wear me out. Being a pastor did not drag me out, ring me out, wear me out, make me tired. What I'm born for will not tire me. It will not diminish me. It will if you do it in the flesh. But if you do it in the spirit, it refreshes you. So preaching by the Spirit, ministering the gifts of the Spirit by the Spirit, following the Holy Ghost in everyday life. The Spirit of God is our helper, but we have to be skillful at hearing His leading, recognizing His leading. And one of the ways to make ourselves more sensitive to how He's leading us is by speaking in other tongues. The more you speak in other tongues, the more sensitive you will become to, hear, to His voice. But let me tell you this, the more you pray in other, in in other tongues, the more you will become sensitive to the voice of the devil too, because you're sensitive to the spirit realm. So you have to have the foundation of the word in you. So you rightly discern who's speaking just because you heard something while you're praying doesn't mean it was God. The devil knows how the Holy Spirit sounds and he seeks to imitate that so closely.
1: Yes.
0: And We don't have time to teach on that. You'd have to get that out of a... I have a book called Following the Holy Spirit and I address that in that book. But I want to go to something that Jesus said to Dad Hagen. He said, when I spoke to your mother... And Dad Hagen did not know at the time Jesus said this, that his mother had had a vision of Jesus. At the time that Dad Hagen was born, she was going over to her parents' home. She was needing their help. She was walking from her home to their home. She was getting ready to give birth to Dad Hagen. And as she was in between houses, there was there was a wind that started blowing, but she looked and there was, the trees weren't moving, but there was a wind and there came a cloud down in front of her and Jesus was standing on the cloud and said, the child will be born. Have no fear, the child will be born and talked about his last day assignment and said, name the child and he says the name, but she's so frightened by the experience, she takes off running. And she didn't hear the name. And so Jesus told this to Brother Hagen. He had not ever heard his mother say this, so he asked her about this. And she told him about the experience. But Dad Hagen said, she did not name you what I said to name you. But he said, that's not the important thing. The important thing is that you minister in the power of the Spirit. God doesn't just want the preachers to minister in the power of the Spirit and the people live in the power of the flesh. Oh, that's <laughs> right. He wants us to minister in the power of the Spirit so you can live in the power of the Spirit. Because you can't minister from a place that you haven't received from. Amen. So, I want you to turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 15. Are you still with me? 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I'm going to start reading in verse 1. Paul is writing. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. This is the King James translation. He said, and I, brethren... When I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom. He's he's basically saying this: I wasn't coming as a slick a slick preacher.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah, with flowery, calculated words. I came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. One commentary said, I came, uh, I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and the benefits of Calvary. Mm. Verse three, and I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. Look at verse four, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration. My speech and my preaching was in demonstration of the Spirit and a power. So when he ministered in the power of the Spirit, then the, po- then the Spirit was able to demonstrate some things. That's why it's important that we minister in the power of the Spirit. This has to be an emphasis of this era for ministers. And then congregations need to believe for their man of God to minister yeah. in the power of the Spirit. Why do you think that Paul said, pray for me that doors of utterance may be opened unto me? The utterances that come out of the man of God's mouth are for, are for you. Yeah. Yeah. And if people don't pray for them, they're not interested in them. Yeah, good. <laughs> and they will flow to the degree that we're interested in them. Yeah. So we want our, our man of God, our pastor, to minister in the power of the Spirit because we need that flow in our own lives. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Uh, another thing with that of why we, ha- we must emphasize the word and the spirit is because uh, to move with the gifts of the spirit and have power demonstrated, it requires the word and the spirit working together. And these are last day harvest tools. The nine gifts of the spirit are our harvest tools. And we have to become skillful with these harvest tools and it's going to call for the Word and the Spirit, that we have a sound understanding of the Word and skillful operation of the Word and skillful with the gifts of the Spirit. Um, these are the real power tools. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. People love their power tools. Certain men love to go to you know, the store and get a, the newest, latest power tool. God already had power tools in operation long before men were powered. (laughs) These are power tools and therefore they're required for us to be able to harvest the last day harvest. Amen. On occasion, Jesus would appear, as we said earlier in the previous service, on occasion, Jesus would appear to Dad Hagen and he would say, I'm coming soon, time is short. That means that eternity is getting ready to start. The measurement of time is gonna pass away and we're going to enter into eternity. Um, We need to be interested that Jesus is coming. Because if we're not mindful of that, it'll affect how we live our daily lives. But if we are mindful of that, that will affect how we live our daily lives. Justice duplessis he was the brother to David Duplessis. David Duplessis was who they called Mr. Pentecost. He was on the forefront during the charismatic revival. He was instrumental into bringing that flow into the Catholic church denominational churches. This was his brother that pastored down in South Africa. And uh, he was, Justice Duplessis was asked this, what are, what are we not doing that previous generations did? And he said this, you don't talk about Jesus is coming enough. Well. Because when we are mindful that Jesus is coming, we conduct life differently.
1: Yes.
0: Yes. Yes. Yep. We, we place value on things differently when we realize he's coming. I'll just read to you. Revelations 22 verse 17 says, and the spirit and the bride say, come. The spirit's saying, come. And we are to be saying what the spirit's saying, come. But if we're not mindful that he's coming, we're not doing what the spirit, we're not saying what the spirit's saying. The spirit is saying, come. We need to be saying, come. Mindful that he's coming. And let him that heareth say, come. Amen. Those, listen, we need to know what the spirit is saying, not just for our life, but what is he saying for this era? He's saying, come. And those who hear what the spirit is saying, they're also saying, come, meaning they're mindful. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. So they're going to conduct themselves in line with that. And then he says, and let him that is a thirst come and whosoever will let him take the water of life freely. The more we talk about him coming, the better we'll drink. We'll drink differently. We'll draw differently because we know he's coming. And then Revelations chapter 22, verse 20, just three verses down says, He which testifieth these things say, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. He's telling us what we should be saying. This is the last day, uh, this is the last day talk and interest of the body of Christ. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Hallelujah. When you're having company come to your house, If nobody knows it, your house isn't in order when they show up. It looked like a mess, because I didn't know you were coming, I'm so sorry. And you start apologizing for how your household looks. I don't have any food in the kitchen, I'm sorry, I don't have anything prepared, my bed's unmade. You know, the kids look a wreck, I look (laughs) a wreck. You know, why? Because they weren't recognizing someone was coming. If we're not mindful that Jesus is coming, our households will, will f- function differently than they should. Yeah, so good. Yeah. Our lives will function differently than they should. When we know someone is coming, man, we're on our P's and Q's. All right, kid, you get in there and you clean that room. And I don't mean maybe you get in there and you do that. And I want the dog cleaned up after that dog stinks. Do something with that dog. Because the, when somebody arrives and sees our condition, we we know how important was their arrival to us. And when someone's very important, I mean, you rea- you get in the corners, yeah. you st- cobwebs. I mean, all those things that you didn't even notice before, you see them all at once. I said to our staff, we we. I, as Morgan was saying, I mean, everything is starting to multiply rapidly. Um, and in our publications department, uh, we, we have not, we, we don't have adequate room, but we haven't used the room adequately either. So we took some staff down there and I said, we're putting this room, this building as though brother Copeland's coming to see it tomorrow. Now, if I'm just coming to see it, that's one thing. But if Brother Copeland is coming, we don't want to be ashamed. Right. Yeah. Right. We don't want to be embarrassed. When we talk about Jesus is coming and we really believe that, yes. then we'll purposefully not live in a way that's a shame. Yes. We'll get that word in us. We'll uh, be mindful of what the Holy Ghost is saying, that we're saying the same thing. Why? Because the importance of who's coming. Yes. One minister had a vision of Jesus, a close friend of mine. He had a vision where Jesus stood in front of him, in front of him and listen to what he said. He said, get ready, I'm coming. So the first thing Jesus said to him was not, I'm coming. The first thing he said was, get ready. Get ready. This is to be one of our primary focuses getting everything, every arena of our life, every thought of our life, everything that's under our authority, everything that's in our stewardship, our custodianship, we're getting it ready. What do we do to get ready so that we can live ready? we, We have to move from get ready to live ready but you can't live ready if you didn't take time to get ready. Praise the Lord. To get ready to go to any event requires that you stop doing the regular duties of your day. And you do the duties that are required connected with that event. If you were invited to a wedding the wedding's at two o'clock in the afternoon. You normally might, would have taken time to go shopping that morning or you're going to go, your grocery shopping. Let's say on a Friday morning, you might have said, I'm going to go grocery shopping. I'm going to clean my car and all this stuff. But wait a minute, we got an event. I, can't, I don't have time to go grocery shopping today. Yeah. Uh, you start catering your day to the event. Yeah. And when we're mindful that Jesus is coming, we start catering our days to that event. Meaning we set aside the things that we thought were important are not important in light of this event. You know, just as we prepare for a trip we take so that we can be ready, how much more we prepare for Jesus coming so we can be ready. We stop doing regular duties and do event duties. Amen. 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 You know what that's called? Consecration. Mm -hmm. That's called consecration. We set aside things that might have been important for what's most important. That's really what consecration is. Consecration doesn't mean you were doing something bad and you quit doing something bad so you can do something good. Consecration is, it's, it's, it, it's rungs on a ladder of importance. And our consecration should grow. And as our consecration grows, we step up further away from the, the, the rungs on the ladder that are not near as important. Amen. Uh, we make a shift. We shift our interest that we thought it was most important. <sighs> that I had I get to do this and I get to play this and I get to go here and I get to go there. Yeah. You stop spending your life on a recreational thing. Yes. God doesn't mind you having recreation, yeah. but I'm telling you what, this day and age is saturated with recreation. Yes. Yes. And if it's not out at, at some event out here, it's at home on a device. On. Yeah. But when we live mindful, he's coming then we start setting aside and consecrating ourselves. Consecration is not you afflicting your flesh. It's you losing interest in what is not most important because now your interest is on something higher and you're no longer, you lose interest in the things that used to interest you. That comes from right thinking. It's not about you afflicting your flesh and doing religious duties. Oh, I got to quit this and I got to quit this. No, if you'll put your interest on the right things, your interest level will kick out the things of least importance. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 9. I'm going to read out the Amplified Translation, so if you have that handy, you might want to pull that up. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 9. Listen, if this is the last great, last days of the last days, yes, it is. the last great revival that men have prophesied about, then Jesus' coming is tagged on to that. So it needs to matter to us. When we talk about revival, we also have to be mindful. That means Jesus coming. These two are inseparable. They're linked. Philippians chapter one, verse nine. In this I pray, Paul was saying this. This is what he prayed for people. I pray that your love may abound yet more and more and extend to its fullest development in knowledge and all keen insight that your love may display itself in greater depth of acquaintance and more comprehensive discernment. Mm. Why? Verse 10 so that you may surely learn to sense what is vital. Not feel what is vital, yeah. sense it. You sense what the Spirit is putting emphasis on, you sense what God is directing the body toward. Yeah. Yep. So that you may surely learn to sense what is vital and approve and prize what is excellent and of real value, look at this, recognizing the highest and the best and distinguishing the moral differences. When we pray for fellow believers, they stop giving themselves to what doesn't really matter. Our prayers help people put their their lives in a direction that really matters. Praying for people does this. Amen. Amen. Asking God to help them see how they're spending their days. Not just on what is important to them, but what's important to him and what's important to the era. Spiritual immaturity is completely focused here on me and mine. Spiritual maturity sees the whole big picture. And when we're not interested in the last day era, or in what's connected to that last day era, it's, a, it's, a, it's an indication that we're invited to grow. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Grow up spiritually yeah. so that we see more than us. Yes. Yes. Amen. Yes. Praise yes. the Lord. We are to leave a selfish view and have a God view. Yes.
1: Yes.
0: Um. Matthew six I'll just quote it to you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Don't get into an extreme. It didn't say seek only. It said seek first. You can have interests of your heart as long as they don't compromise something of your spirit. God does. God wants you to enjoy. Right. He gives us richly all things to enjoy. It's not about putting your nose to the religious grindstone and, yeah. and taking it all yeah. the way down, ta- grinding all the joy out of everything yeah, that right. I can only do yeah. religious things. I can only pray. I can only read my Bible. That's not even a reflection of a fellowship that is thriving. No, that's right. Seek ye first, not seek ye only.
1: Yeah.
0: Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And when you put what, it, what is of interest to him first, everything else that is of interest in your life gets nurtured.
1: Right, so
0: good. Yep. Amen. Yeah. Um, so to live ready in this last day, it calls for consecration because carnality hinders kingdom flow. Carnality hinders that. Dr. Summerall made this statement. The love of the world is the barricade keeping the church out of the miraculous. The love of the world is the barricade keeping church out of the miraculous. What's a barricade do? When they want to protect somebody, a home, a, a government official, and it's a time of threat. They will put barricades up. Mm-hmm. Why? It stops going further. Yes. If we don't set aside things that are, should not get our attention, mm-hmm. it will, there, there's, it's not possible to go forward. Yeah. Right. That's right. It's not possible because okay. the barricade won't let us, yeah. not God won't let us, the barricade. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Um, we can't enter into the miraculous holding on to carnal natural flows. I want to quote something that Charles Price said in 1925. He said of one thing we are very, very sure. There will be a full restoration of the apostolic gifts and the full power of Pentecost before the coming of the Lord. The faithful few who are true to God, to those who place their all upon the altar of a full consecration, God will pour out in the fullest measure of the power that was given to the disciples on the day that the church was born. We believe that there will be miracles and healings and supernatural manifestations of God's mighty power that will break even the most calloused heart. There is another outpouring. A cloudburst of latter rain. Yes. Of that, we are convinced beyond measure. Yes. God has wonderful things in store for his people. Amen. Amen. As I said, consecration is not about stopping something. It's about being most in, more interested in the right things. Yes. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> You go with me, th- with, uh, am I still good with you? You still good with me? It's the last night. Yes. We spoke, we, uh, consecration, consecration is going to have to be in place. Maturity of consecration. Because ma- we consecrate at different levels. As we mature spiritually, our consecration grows. Uh, as we said before, another thing, this is how are we gonna live ready? As we said before, live full of the Word and the Spirit. Live full of the Word. Live full of the Spirit. Um, Matthew chapter 24 and verse 37. Let me read this to you for time's sake. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. So what was going on in Noah's day? That's what's going to be going on in the day of Jesus' coming. Now I want you to turn with me to first Peter chapter three, verse 20, and this is the King James first Peter chapter three, verse 20. Remember as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the son of man be. First Peter chapter three, verse 20, the long suffering. This is the second part of the verse. Yeah. The long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing, wherein few, that is eight souls, I like this last phrase, were saved by water. Saved by water. When you see the word water, it it depicts, don't forget Ephesians, that we are cleansed by the washing of the water of the word. So the word is spoken of as a water that will flush out things, clean out things. But it also depicts the type of the Holy Spirit, word and spirit. When you see that word water, it's encompassing word and spirit. They were saved by water, saved by word and spirit. Um, Of course, we know this, that There's a fountain on the inside of every believer that springs up for you to drink out of. Then there's rivers that flow out so that you can be a blessing to others. The fountain is for your life. The rivers are for others. Amen. In Gideon's army, we talked about it the other night. In Gideon's army, he had 32 men in his army. 32,000 men in his army. God said, you got too many. They were already uh, greatly outnumbered. And God said, you've got too many. And he said, everyone that's fearful, go home. Why? Because you can't win with fear. Those who are fearful and you don't want to fight, go home. It's not numbers that win. (laughs) And then he said, the next qualifying was take them down to the water and see how they drink. See how they drink. The ones who drink right, those are the ones you'll win with. We're saved by water. We're saved by how we drink. Drink of the word. Drink of the spirit. Full of the word. Full of the spirit. Amen. Living full helps us to live ready. Amen. Praise the Lord. Then go with me if you would. We're almost done here. So the number, the first thing to live ready Live consecrated. Number two, live full of the word and the spirit. Number three, first John chapter three. And this is the amplified I'm going to read out of. First John chapter three, verse one. First John chapter three, verse one. See what an incredible quality of love the father has given, shown and bestowed on us. That we should be permitted to be named and called and counted the children of God. Amazing. I belong to him, he belongs to me. And so we are. The reason that the world does not know, recognize or acknowledge us is that it does not know, recognize and acknowledge him. That's how much we're in him. (laughs) Beloved, we are even here and now God's children. It is not yet disclosed and made clear what we shall be hereafter. But we know that when he comes and is manifested, we shall as God's children resemble and be like him. For we shall see him just as he really is. Verse three. And everyone who has this hope resting on him cleanses. Purifies himself just as he is pure, chaste, undefiled, guiltless. What's the third thing listed for how to live ready? Purify yourself. Purify yourself. Now the fourth thing of how to live ready. Go with me to 1 John chapter 2. Back up one chapter. How to live ready. Ready. First John chapter two, verse 28. This is the King James. And now little children abide in him that when he shall appear, what's he talking about? His coming. When he shall appear, we shall have, look at this confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. The Amplified says, not be ashamed and shrink from him at his coming. So notice when he comes, we want to be confident and we want to be unashamed. We don't want him to show up at our house and our house is dirty. And we have left things neglected and we've just lived any old way we wanted. Just like you don't want company to show up and your house isn't ready to receive them. We want our life ready to receive him. Living ready, not just get ready, living ready. So that we're confident. He can come today, fine with me, I'm ready. I won't be ashamed. I won't be apologizing when I see him for how I, the standard I've been living. The, the fussing I've allowed in my family. The fussing I've, I've fed into in my family. Won't be ashamed. How can we be confident and not be ashamed? This passage tells us, 1 John chapter 2, let's back up to verse 27. But the anointing, which you have received of him, it abides in you. And you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie. And even as it hath taught you, he shall abide in you. He's not telling you that you don't need to listen to somebody. He's saying that the Holy Ghost in you will affirm. He'll say that's the right thing or that's not the right thing. The Holy Spirit will be in there directing your choices if you'll yield to him and listen to him. Verse so it says, even as it hath taught you, you shall look at this, abide in him. verse twenty eight and now little children abide in him that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If you know what if you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. To be confident and unashamed when he returns, number one, abide in him. Number two, do righteousness. Do right. Amen. That means you're producing things that glorify God. Then this is the last thing that we're to do to live ready. Go with me. Now, there may be others, but I'm saying that I'm going to preach on (laughs) tonight. Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. All these other things are dealing with us and what we're to do personally. But also what we're to do as a congregation. Yeah. 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 Matthew chapter 24. How to live ready. Matthew chapter 24. Again, I'm going to read out of the King James on this. Verse 36, Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he says, but of that day and hour knoweth no man, he's talking about his coming, no, not the angels of heaven, but my father only. I love what Dr. Summerall said. He said, when people start putting dates on when Jesus is coming, we can know the season, but not the date. And he said, if somebody guesses and gets the date right, he said, God will change it. Because he said no man knows. Doesn't that sound like him? But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the son of man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. So we see this. What was what was Noah in his day? He was out warning the people. He was a preacher of righteousness, is what the word calls him. For a hundred years he is warning the people. He is warning the people. And in a hundred years of ministry, he didn't get one convert just because everyone is going a certain direction does not mean they're right. If you're the only one in your family, the majority does not rule. So the last days Noah was warning others. If we're going to live ready, we're warning others. It's not just about us getting ourselves straight. We're telling others, he's coming. He's coming. Now we'll close with this. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. 2 Corinthians 5, 10. For we must all appear... And be revealed as we are before the judgment seat of Christ. So that each one may receive his pay according to what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Now this is the Amplified, of course. Listen to this. So that each one may receive his pay according to what he has done in the body, whether good or evil considering what his purpose and motive have been and what he has achieved, what he's been busy with and given himself and his attention to accomplishing. Dad Hagen made a sobering statement in line with this. And he said, I live every day aware that one day I'll have to give an account for how I lived today. That's what this verse is saying. Verse 11, therefore, being conscious of fearing the Lord with respect and reverence, we seek to win people over to persuade them. That's part of living ready. We're out persuading people. Amen. We're not just dealing with us, but we're telling others. We're letting others know. Hallelujah. Are you helped tonight? It's different tonight, you said, Pastor Nancy, it's supposed to be a miracle service. Listen, it's a miracle era. And I'm talking about the era tonight. And yes, we're gonna minister to the sick, but we need to be era-minded. Because what, it's not, we, we have to know what are we to be giving ourselves to once we walk out of the building after the last miracle crusade service. These things need to be continually working in us we're giving our attention to these things. Hallelujah, stand with me to your feet. Father, we're so grateful for your word. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the great help that you are to us in this time that we would live accurately, that the Father's plan would be fulfilled, that we would live and conduct these days in a way that bears much fruit for the Father. We thank you, Father. We all have a place. We take our place in your plan. I said, we take our place in your plan. We thank you for that place. We honor that place and we occupy it reverently. We occupy it accurately, skillfully, but we occupy it full. And we thank you, Father. We thank you. Jesus, come quickly. (laughs) We're so hungry for your appearing, for your coming. We're so hungry. And we're so grateful. We're so grateful to know these things because when you come, we want you to find faith in us. Persistence in faith in us faith in your word, moving with your word, moving with your spirit and telling others and bringing in others. We're so, so grateful that we belong to you and you belong to us and we take our place. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Y'all sing something for me if you will.
3: Is this all? Healing is here. Healing is
2: here.
1: Healing is here.
2: Now here's my part.
3: And I receive it. Healing is
1: always. Healing is here.
0: Going to come up here and have hands laid on you for healing. And we're just going to all release our faith together as we say this. When hands are laid on me, the healing power of God will go into my body.
3: Go into my body.
0: It, will drive out
3: it will drive out
0: pain and symptoms, sickness and disease. And I, and I shall be whole. I always receive I'm a receiver. Hallelujah. You say, why do you say that? Because we're giving God something to perform. We're giving him something to perform. He performs what we say when it's in line with the word. Amen. I I don't call this out by word of knowledge. I call this out by endowment because this is how... One way God uses us in ministering to the sick, those with heart conditions. Come up here and we'll minister to you. Move, come real quickly. You may have uh, high blood pressure, anything to do with the heart. Come up here and we'll minister to you. Praise the Lord. Okay, yeah, praise the Lord. Everyone, just come on up. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Uh, my yeah, I can sense that. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Daddy. Ho, mm. uh, in Jesus' name. Be whole, uh, oh, mama, my, mama, my, 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 in Jesus' name. Some of you will feel something tangibly in your body. Angels will make corrections, they'll bring body parts. Amen. We believe. We believe in their participation. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who are heirs of salvation? Jesus is the healer, but they cooperate with that healing power and they will minister body parts to you. They will bring, they will bring what's needed. And I talk about them because it gives them permission to work. Amen. Amen. They long to be involved. They're ministering spirits and know this, they will always minister something good. Hallelujah. That heart be whole in Jesus name. In Jesus name. Oh, we thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Mm -mm -mm. Behold, there it goes in. Be whole in Jesus' name. Be, uh, oh. Be whole in Jesus' name. Sister, the doctor said only my heart is working at 25%. But I believe Jesus is
1: going to put me a new heart
0: on Absolutely. That's so easy. That's so easy. Father, we thank you for We thank you for a heart that's whole whether you just quicken this one or you give a new one, we won't tell you how to do it, but we'll certainly receive it. Yes, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. That heart be, oh, there it goes, love. Healed in Jesus' name. That heart be whole in Jesus' name. We thank you for it, Father. That heart be whole, there it is, love, in Jesus' name. That heart be whole in Jesus' name. That heart be whole in Jesus' name. And uh-huh. stomachs Yeah. Any kind of heart condition or just the stomach? Yeah. Heart, heart. yeah. Father, we thank you for healing power. Healing power. Just say, I receive that power. That power, From the top of my head. My head. To the soles of my feet, my feet. Hallelujah We thank you Father. We thank you Father That heart be whole I In Jesus name That heart be whole In Jesus heavens. name I lift
3: my eyes Where my heart comes from yeah. I look to you my
0: rock my King. That heart be whole there it goes in, Miss Linda. Ah, uh, that uh, uh, heart. In Jesus' name, I don't know what this means, and I'm not sure it's even in connection with the heart. It may or may not be. I'm not certain on that. But he's uh, there's something he's going to talk to you about to adjust, to correct, and just do that. And when it that's all he just said there's something I'm talking to her about do you know what he's talking about Uh uh-huh uh-huh yeah yeah just pray in the Holy Ghost pray just every bit of that every bit of that because years ago there was an event that happened in the life of my husband and Brother Norville said to him Ed he said pray that out And he meant in the spirit by praying in other tongues he said because if you don't get it out he said i've seen people die premature from it you know and there's no sense in us having to carry that difficulty and that struggle just pray in the spirit letting it go out of here letting it go out of here and the thing is it's not by our own effort we let it go the it says in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 15, that how much more shall the blood of Jesus purge our conscience from dead works? One commentary said on that word conscience, it says, how much more shall the blood of Jesus purge our replay of the mind from dead works? The blood, just you can lay. You can lay in your bed at night, and if that tries to say, no, the blood is over that, and that blood cleanses all that, it purges, it purges. I don't have to get rid of it, the blood does that. I, I, I want to tell you about uh, preaching on this, that verse, Hebrews nine fourteen. how much more shall the blood of Jesus purge our conscience, our replay of the mind from dead works. See, the devil wants to use dead works of the past to try to put you under condemnation, guilt, shame, all those things. Those shouldn't be part of the life of the believer. We're redeemed from those. It's about who we are in Christ. But a pastor was telling me recently about a man that had been, um, he had been, I don't know if it was during Vietnam War that he had served. And those things that happened during his military service so troubled his mind and he said Pastor Nancy we never could get him to really make progress past that and he ended up dying he lived troubled his whole life and uh, he said when he died he had gotten some kind of disease and ended up dying and he said one of my congregation members was there at the time he died and he said he had, he saw his spirit leave. And he said when he was leaving, he said the, his congregation member that saw this saw a mask fall off of this man's face. And what it, he said, the, the odd thing about it, he said it was like a television screen in that mask that the devil had put on him replaying. Replaying, And the man never could, no matter what he did, that, that thing would just stay there. That's what the blood of Jesus is for. We don't have to live with that replay of past, what we did, what somebody else did, what we should have done, what somebody else should have done. So I don't just say that to you. There's many that need to know that. Many that need to know that that the blood of Jesus addresses all of that. It's not a struggle. It's not that you have to get delivered, you just have to apply. Apply that blood. No, when you gain knowledge, you know, you can apply that. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. So, do that. Yeah, everyone can do that right now. Let's do it. Jesus, we receive that cleansing blood that purges the mind. Thank you for that blood. No more replay no of more the replay. past hours or anyone else's. A life of peace, a mind of peace. And if it tries to come back, I'll say, no, you don't. The blood has washed that and I'll not accept that. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you be whole in Jesus name be whole in Jesus name father we thank you for healing ah there goes that anointing in you love that anointing making you whole in Jesus name hallelujah step up a little bit brother that heart be whole there it goes in ah. that heart be whole there it goes that heart be whole in Jesus name that heart be whole in Jesus' name. That heart be whole. Uh, There it went in you, love. Do you sense that go in? Yeah. It's working in you. Praise the Lord. Hey, love, that heart be whole in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for hands that are whole, joints that are whole. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I thank you for it. I thank you for it. I thank you for it. it. Anyone in here with metal rods, plates, or screws, come up here and we'll minister to you. Hallelujah. Metal rods, plates, or screws.
3: I receive it. My hands to the heavens, I lift my eyes where my hell comes from, I look to you, my rock, my healer, I trust in you.
0: Now I speak to those that are viewing, whether you're viewing this live or in a recorded version, it doesn't matter just release your faith and I speak to those hearts you behold in Jesus name every bit of the difficulty go and father we believe you for new parts we believe you for the angels of heaven ministering spirits that if something is needed to minister to their body that those angels will participate in that divine work we believe it and if you're watching you say I receive it right now I receive it right now in Jesus' name, and you thank him for it. Thanksgiving, praise, worship is the voice of faith. And the power of God meets faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What about you, Miss Deborah?
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Does it cause you any pain or difficulty? Yeah. Father, we thank you for wholeness. Whoosh. We thank you. What about you, Chastity? In your hip Father we thank you Ah for wholeness in Jesus name. What about you love? ankle Father we th- oh whole in Jesus name. What about you love your foot? Father, we thank you for wholeness in Jesus name What about you love? Where's your
1: Rods in your neck. And yeah, and screws. The issues with, they're getting better.
0: Uh-huh. And
1: my ankle, right
0: ankle. Yeah. <laughs> Father, we thank you. Ah, ah, there it goes. There it goes. That power goes. We thank you, Father. What about you? Screws in both your knees. Father, we thank Ah, mm, ah, shh for somebody love my business
1: partner
0: okay father we thank you for the healing anointing that goes into this cloth the miracle anointing that goes into this cloth and when it's laid upon the body of that one it'll drive out pain sickness symptoms disease and they shall be whole in Jesus name hallelujah what about you love in your ankle father we thank uh, we thank you for wholeness Say this with you me, say, I receive that power right now in Jesus' name. Ah, there it goes in, there it goes in. Praise the Lord. I receive it. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Uh, Pastor Hattabaw, tell me where God uses you a lot with certain conditions eyes and ears. I need the microphone. Thank you. Hallelujah. I'm going to speak to those with metal rods, plates, or screws. You reach your hand out toward that screen, whatever you're viewing this on and release your faith. And I speak every bit of the pain goes, every bit of the difficulty go, new parts come in Jesus name. We believe you for it. Father and right where you're at, just say, I receive it. I take it. I take it. I take it. Get up and do something you couldn't do. Get up and act on that anointing. We're not checking to say, did this work? We're giving action to that anointing. Come here, Pastor. With, uh, what'd you say, eyes?
2: Yeah, if you, uh, there was other thing I had, if I was okay.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: If you have problems um, with like TMJ or jaw problems, if that's you, mm-hmm. come up. Problems in the jaw. That's what came to me when I was standing Sure. There. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus. Every bit of that go. Jesus name. Jesus' name Be healed. In your jaw. There it is. Jesus' name. Be healed. There it is. Take that. Jesus' name. Jesus name. Jesus, name. Be healed. jaw
3: to the Be healed. In your jaw. I by eyes. I be healed. My heart there it God is. From.
1: Jesus. Name. I look to Say. be healed. My Be healed in in you. your jaw. In the name of Jesus.
3: Jesus. My Be healed. I lift my to the heavens. I lift my eyes where my help comes
2: from. I look to you. I have one other thing. Though. Yes, okay. absolutely. You have problems in your ears. Anybody here have uh, complete hearing loss? Do you have any complete hearing loss in your ears? I wanted to just deal with that first. Come up here. And then if you have ear- hearing problems, you can come up, but so you have no hearing. W- which ear, which one is it? Okay. Okay but this one you can't. In Jesus' name. Jesus', Jesus name. Lord, sir? that to go in Jesus' name. Command that spirit in Jesus' name, broken. We speak healing now over that ear. In Jesus' name. Tell
1: What's
2: happening here? Huh? Can you hear him better out of this ear? It's when you have your phone up here. Okay, well, you need to check your ear. Amen? In Jesus' name. Which ear ear is it? Can you hear out of it at all? 10% In the name of Jesus We command that broken. We speak healing now. Looser. Every bit of that to go. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Every bit of that to go. In the name of Jesus and healing to come, in Jesus' name, pick her up. In Jesus' name. What's that? Huh? What's going on in there? Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm closing this one. You hear any better out of it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's anointing working on it. Amen. Every bit of it's going in the name of Jesus. Can you hear I
1: love it? Yes, but a partial hearing. I, I lose some of it.
2: You, you have a hearing aid in? No. No. In did. the name of Jesus, be healed in this ear. In the name of Jesus. And we thank you for it right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now check your ear when you get up. Praise God. Okay? I have to wear hearing aids. to go You have them in there now? You got hearing aids in? Can you take them out or is it too difficult to do? I can take them out. Just put them in your pocket. You know, we had somebody back here somewhere, Isaiah, wherever he's at, he had hearing aids in his, he don't have hearing aids no more. Praise the Lord. In the name of Jesus, command hearing to come. In the name of Jesus, be healed in your ears. In the name of Jesus. Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, for restoring this hearing now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tell me what's happening. Cub? I hear real well. You hear well, well. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We'll give you a praise. Amen.
3: Don't, don't put them hearing aids back in.
2: Jesus' name. Be healed in the name of Jesus. It's sensitive to your ears. Jesus' name. We rebuke that. Command that to go. And your ears to be normal in the name of Jesus. Okay. In the name of Jesus, be healed in these ears. In the name of Jesus. Which ear Pastor, both just ring. They ring. In the name of Jesus, I command that ringing to stop. In Jesus' name, be healed in your ears. And every bit of that hearing, that ringing to stop now. When he gets up, check his ears. Can you hear? um, Just having some issues. In the name of Jesus, be healed in these ears. Command that hearing to come back fully in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name. Is it, what are they doing now? Yeah, but you're not hearing ringing or that. A little bit? Well, it's going away in Jesus' name. Is it better than what it was when you came up? Yeah, praise the Lord. You got ringing in it right now? In the name of Jesus, we command that ringing to stop. Be healed in these ears. In the name of Jesus. Jesus' name. Praise God.
1: Hallelujah. I receive
2: it. Amen. I receive it. Every bit of it to go. Every bit of it to go. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Every bit of it.
0: Every bit of it. No trace.
2: Amen. Amen. What do you, what's happening? It's kind Thank. of hard to tell we're Yeah. Well, too, so. <laughs> well the healing power and of God is working. In. in Jesus' name. Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Father, we just thank you for those that are watching that have any sort of jaw problems right now. We speak healing over you right now. We command that pain to leave those jaws. We speak healing over the joint in that jaw in the name of Jesus. And right now, in Jesus' name, we speak healing over those ears. If you have hearing problems, receive it now. In the name of Jesus, be healed in your ears. Be healed in your jaw in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Hallelujah. Uh, Pastor, would you stay there a minute? Did you say eyes? God uses you with eyes. If you have
2: problems in your eyes, I'm not just talking about like you have visual problems. Well, that's part part of it. But if you have like stigmatisms, you have issues, then come up. Amen. It won't take long. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for your healing power. Yes. Believe for every one of them to receive.
0: Thank you, Father. In
2: the name of Jesus. Now I'll go pretty quick, pretty quickly here. So, be ready.
1: You touch me.
3: Be healed, Pastor, in your eyes.
2: watching my live stream if you had any problems in your eyes in the name of Jesus receive right where you are Father in the name of Jesus we speak healing right now over every condition of the eyes be healed in the name of Jesus and we thank you Lord for that anointing in Jesus name
0: Brother Brother Joel, come up here. If anybody in here has cancer, come up here. You've been diagnosed with any form of cancer, come up here. Is there anybody? Come on up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. you in Jesus
2: name. Be free.
0: Yes. In Jesus name. Hallelujah. Pastor Amy, sleep disorders. What else? Female problems. Come up here if that's you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Move real quickly. Move real quickly because... uterus, their ovaries, in any area in the female body. We command you
1: yes.
0: to be normal
1: yes.
0: in Jesus' name. Yes, hallelujah, praise the Lord. And those of you watching, you say, I receive it. I receive it in Jesus' name. Pastor Michael, come up here, love. What is it that God would have you to minister? Kidney problems. Move real quickly, Anybody come up, with that's you. online right now, suffering from kidney disorders, kidney yes. problems, reach forth your hands by faith. And we just command yes. your body to be healed yes. and whole in the name of Jesus. Yes. Father, we thank you for it. Hallelujah. 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 It's so good to be healed. It's so good to be healed. It's so good to be healed. It's so good. To the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> Jesus is so good. Yes. Such a wonderful healer. Such a wonderful healer. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We give you glory and honor and praise and thanks. We glorify you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at defrayeministries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Defray Ministries.